Hey everybody. Uh, so in this podcast, we're talking about where the coronavirus came from, what it is,、uh, and I'll do a different series of podcasts that will address each a separate question. Today's podcast is answering the question: Where did coronavirus actually come from? Now, before I begin, let me say this: This is not the Chinese coronavirus. Okay, that is completely unacceptable terminology. It spreads hate and bigotry. It just happened to start in the country of China. The Chinese people have shown amazing resilience through the horrors their country is experiencing right now, and we should continue to support and respect them. So let's talk about the current global pandemic. What we're dealing with right now is being caused by a subtype of coronavirus, which is from the coronavirus family. And I will elaborate more on that. In another podcast, the one we're dealing with right now is called SARS-CoV-2, because it is similar to the SARS virus, which caused the epidemic back in 2003. The disease that we are dealing with now, which is caused by SARS-CoV-2, our current pandemic, is called COVID-19, or Coronavirus Disease 2019. Now, throughout these posts, I will refer to the virus that is causing our current pandemic as simply coronavirus for ease of discussion. The story of this coronavirus first begins in early December 2019. Now, there is constantly data that is coming out,、uh, and it might be possible that this actually started earlier. But I'm just going to begin with the story as we know it right now. Um, I also want to apologize if I say anything in Chinese wrong. If there's any way that you can contact me and tell me how to pronounce it, that would be awesome. I would love to learn how to speak Chinese. So this story begins in early December 2019 in the city of Wuhan, which is in the Hubei province of China. The story begins at the Huanan Wholesale Seafood Market, which, in addition to seafood, sells wild animals and bush bush meat. That are butchered and sold. Some of you might have actually seen these videos of what's happening there. I don't know if it's like that all the time, but you know, obviously,、uh, parts of these videos are quite disturbing, and it would lend you to see why、uh, an infection could rapidly spread. Now, researchers believe the transfer of the coronavirus was from the pangolin, which is an armadillo-like animal that can roll up. And people can just kind of pick it up quickly and take it with them to the market and butcher it and sell it. This is all based on genome sequencing, which means scientists read the DNA of the coronavirus that they identified in the pangolin, and then they read the DNA of the coronavirus which is in humans now, and they found the DNA was almost identical. It is still unclear. Although there is some data that says the virus began in bats and then crossed species, I will update you if I find out more about that. Now, patient zero, the first human with a confirmed case of SARS coronavirus two, began experiencing pneumonia-like symptoms. Okay, shortness of breath, cough, fever, and arrived at Wuhan Central Hospital on December eighth, twenty nineteen. Doctors were unable to identify the cause, and soon thereafter, other patients with the same mysterious illness began arriving at this hospital. Now, there is a very interesting interview
that was posted by the Chinese magazine Renwu or People. And uh, I read it in an article retold by The Guardian about Dr. A.I. Fen, the director of emergency at Wuhan Central. And she tells the story of how she received a lab report on December 30th that one of those mysterious cases they had been dealing with came back from the lab as positive for a new SARS coronavirus. And she broke out into a cold sweat. She began notifying everybody. She told her medical colleagues. She told her staff to wear protective gear. And then hospital officials told the staff, there's no need to worry. And they reprimanded her for spreading rumors. Eventually, she spoke out anyway. And later, after you know everything came out, she was asked if she was one of the original whistleblowers who was punished by Chinese authorities. And her response was, I am not a whistleblower. I provided the whistle. And that interview has been removed by Chinese authorities. But Chinese citizens circulated images of the magazine Renwu in Morse code, emojis, and other cryptic languages that, I mean, these people are really smart. I have no idea how they figured out to do this in order to evade the authorities controlling the internet. And they shared it online. Now, when Dr. Fen originally notified her colleagues, they passed that information to their colleagues and it eventually reached Dr. Li Wenliang. And he then told his uh, medical school friends about the possibility of a new outbreak of SARS. He told them through WeChat. Images of that chat were then circulated online and it reached the public. So Dr. Li, along with others, were eventually summoned by Chinese officials who made him sign a statement declaring that he was spreading false rumors or else he would face legal punishment. So as most of us would do, he signed it and he went back to work because he's a doctor. He has to get back to the hospital. He did eventually choose to speak out anyway. And he said, I think a healthy society should not have just one voice. Now, Dr. Lee, unfortunately, ended up passing away from the coronavirus on February 7th of this year. He was 34. He, along with Dr. Fen, are heroes. They deserve to be honored globally. The Chinese people were infuriated when they found out Dr. Lee died. When I found out, I, I was really emotional about it. I don't, I don't know him. I just, I read the story and I, I read that there's this, there's this doctor on the other side of the world that was trying to warn people something bad is coming and then it ends up killing him. Now, there are many heroes in the story that we will come to learn of. And if you know any, please acknowledge their efforts and share that story with us. And as a side note, if you have children and they talk to you about their heroes, because, you know, heroes are usually uh, glamorous figures, but I want you to remember the scientists, the medical professionals, and even some authority figures, because I do have faith there are some good politicians out there. They are fighting tooth and nail to protect humanity right now, even though we all can't feel it. When, this, when we look back on this, I want you to remember that part of history. Now, back to the story. By December 31st, there were 27 confirmed cases, and Chinese authorities had no choice. They notified the World Health Organization, or the WHO. By January 30th, one month later, there were 7,736 confirmed cases in China alone, and the WHO declared a global emergency. So at this point, the virus, it had already traveled 
because we are interconnected. People are constantly flying. Uh, you can get to any part of the world. Now think about when an Instagram or YouTube video goes viral. That phrase will never mean the same to you again. We're going to have to come up with some new shit to say. When a video is posted, if one person shares that to two people and they share it to two people and two people and two and so on and so forth, the video reaches tons of followers within days. Now, the coronavirus is not Charlie bit my finger, okay? It's not, it's not going to move that quickly. It's not going to infect the entire earth. But the concept of a viral video demonstrates perfectly the potential for exponential growth. And I want you to remember that as you hear this story. Now, in the United States, our story begins on January 15th, when the first, uh, what we believe to be the first confirmed case of coronavirus flew back to Seattle from Wuhan on January 15th. Now, when this person began having symptoms soon thereafter, they went straight to medical professionals to be assessed. Uh, I'm happy to say that the last I heard, which was recent, this person has recovered and they are doing well. Now, by January 16th, okay, mid-January, the U.S. gets their first case and the rest of the world, you know, China's already dealing with it. And the World Health Organization, uh, what they did was first they had to figure out what the virus was. They had to read the DNA and then they provided that DNA to labs to uh, find a way to test to see if your body has that virus in it. So, you know, lab tests don't just, you know, come out of thin air. It took some time. But by mid-January, like within just a couple of weeks uh, that the WHO had announced a global emergency, uh, they did actually come up with a diagnostic test. It did take a bit of a while. Sometimes these things take a little bit less time. Sometimes they take longer. And I'll address how all of this works in another podcast. But by January 16th of this year, Dr. Christian Drosten and his team of researchers at the German Center for Infection Research had created a diagnostic test to detect the coronavirus. I would like to acknowledge the amazing work that is being done by him and his team. They also developed testing to detect SARS, MERS, or Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, and Zika viruses. All of these have ravaged countries and have provided us with extremely important lessons, something, again, I'll go into in another podcast, because I think it'll help you to understand why everyone is freaking out right now. Now, by early February, the World Health Organization began administering 250,000 test kits around the world. Now, for me, at this time, it's unclear why that test was not used by the United States. Maybe it wasn't provided. I don't know. It's very unclear. I'm not going to comment on this matter. For whatever reason, it happened. The CDC, or the Centers for Disease Control in the United States, created their own testing kit. They began to distribute this by February 5th. So the first case, December 8th. Uh, December 30th, World Health Organization declares or China contact the World Health Organization. By the end of January, the WHO declares an emergency. Uh, and by this point, finally, we have a test in the United States, February 5th. Now, it's not unusual, and in fact, it's actually encouraged for multiple labs around the globe to develop their own tests. But unfortunately, the CDC test failed uh, to properly detect the coronavirus. By the end of February, Hospitals and labs had reported the test wasn't working anymore. 
and they were frustrated with the federal government's slow response to what was clear to them as a slowly growing epidemic. So we've known about this. Now, eventually, the Food and Drug Administration loosened restrictions on how testing is developed in order to allow labs all over the country to develop their own tests, which normal cases would be barred by red tape for reasons deemed important by the FDA. Now, on March 12th, in front of a congressional committee, Dr. Anthony Fauci, he is the director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, you know this guy. There's a YouTube video circulating of Trump talking, and there's a guy in the background, like, facepalming. Um, it, it looks like maybe he's wiping the sweat off his face. Either way, I just want to yell, don't touch your face! Doctor, don't touch your face! But that that's the guy. Now, he said, in front of a congressional committee on March 12th, he publicly admitted the test had failed. Our system has a failure. And this is why there are so few positive cases being reported in the United States. Now, those numbers have jumped by the time that you hear this. But on March 18th, there were 7,800 cases. By March 21st, there are above 10,000 cases. By the time you hear this, that number is going to have jumped again. Dr. Marty McCary, a medical professor at Johns Hopkins, quoted in an article that the numbers that we're hearing about are misleading because it's just the people getting the tests. But remember, the testing has been delayed. We don't have enough kits. There's no way that we have an accurate count of who actually has this coronavirus. He quoted on March 13th, a week ago, that there are somewhere between 50,000 to 500,000 Americans walking around with the coronavirus. The doubling time of the virus, scientists believe, is five to seven days. Where do you think we are right now? This is why action by every American is imperative. Now, there's a lot of information coming in, a lot of updates, and I will continue to share those with you. And in the next couple podcasts, I'm going to talk a little bit about why we think this coronavirus isn't just the flu, the flu uh, why we are using social distancing as our main treatment, what to do if you get sick, and etc. Uh, be well, my friends. I will talk to you soon.